Hello, good people. This is Rose McConnell, podcasting for the FIT Institute today. As you know, FIT.Institute stands for Financial Intelligence Training, and we are talking about student loans. Today's episode is going to be about the FAFSA, which is F-A-F-S-A. And the FAFSA stands for the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. If you and your child are considering getting loans or grants going into college, then you're going to be required to complete the FAFSA. I want to emphasize that the name FAFSA only means that the application itself is free. It doesn't mean that you will get student aids or grants. It doesn't mean that if you do get loans that they're going to be free. In fact, quite to the contrary. It just means that completing the application itself doesn't cost you anything. If you listen to episode 00, you know that I am a lawyer. However, the information that is provided on this podcast is not legal advice. It is simply information about loans. It is often simply my uh, opinion about information about loans. So if you have an individual circumstance, please do not use any opinion that I offer on this podcast as a legal opinion that you're going to rely on for your particular circumstances. Let's talk a little bit about FAFSA. The purpose of FAFSA is to help colleges determine what's known as your expected family contribution, sometimes called your EFC. We'll need to complete the FAFSA if you want grants or loans. However, you need to understand that the EFC is effectively a number achieved by throwing a dart at a board. There isn't any reason to think that the number that the FAFSA pulls out and says is the amount of money that your family should be able to contribute to your child's education is actually an amount of money that your family can contribute to your child's education. Before you complete the FAFSA, not afterwards, I think it's important for you to sit down and look and see how much money do you have to contribute to your child's education. So you need to look at your savings, at your equity in your home if you have one, at your current debt levels. And I think the most important element there is your savings and to ask yourself how much you have saved over the last six months to a year. And if the answer to that question of how much have I had saved over the last six months to a year is zero, then that would suggest that the amount of money that you have available to contribute to your child's education is zero dollars. Now, I'm not suggesting that is, in fact, all that you should contribute, but I am saying that your determination of what you can contribute is based upon your assessment of your personal financial situation, not some numbers run through a calculator by somebody who has no connection to you and how you run your family. If the amount that you derive that you will be able to contribute to your child's education is zero, and you want to be able to contribute to your child's education, then I would say the the starting point for finding additional money is to look at the relatively low-hanging fruit. And the low-hanging fruit in your family's budget is the amount of money that you spend on lattes, on vitamin water, on dinners out, 
on dog walkers likely, the sorts of things that you can change without severely cutting into your standard of living. And I would suggest that you begin to make those changes and set that money aside while your child is in high school. Because if you're not willing to do that and you're not willing to achieve any savings, then you're not going to have any money to contribute to your child's education and you further are not going to have any money to repay a loan. One of the things that we do know with the FAFSA, you will tell the colleges and the college financial aid officers everything about your financial situation. They will then tell you how much money they expect you to pay. And if you think about this in any other circumstance, you realize how absurd this is. You don't go into the car dealership and say, look, this is how much money I have. This is how much equity I have in my house. These are the raises I've gotten. This is the bonus I got last year. So how much do you charge for a new car? But that's what you do with, with a college. And so you have, in the world of negotiation, shifted the bargaining power all over to the side of the financial aid officer. They have 100% of the information and you have none and this imbalance in information is going to work to your disadvantage so where I'm suggesting you start is that you start by understanding your finances and knowing what you actually can contribute to your child's education and you do that as soon as possible when your child has decided or you and your child have decided that they want to go to college. One thing that you might think about if you do have a fair amount of savings, but you also have a fair amount of credit card and perhaps you have left the money on the credit cards because given the current interest rate environment, those are very low interest cards, perhaps even zero interest cards. You could consider paying down the debt on your credit card because that savings will count against you for the purpose of calculating what your effective family contribution ought to be to the college. And it won't be offset by your credit card debt. So if you have savings and credit card debt, it is likely to your advantage to use part of those savings. You certainly want to keep an emergency fund. You certainly don't want to take any money out of a retirement account because that won't affect your, your FAFSA in any case, and in fact, I would suggest that you fully fund your retirement contributions before you complete the, the FAFSA, but if after, if after fully funding your retirement contributions and an emergency fund, you still have credit card debt, I would suggest that you use part of that remaining savings to pay down your credit card debt prior to completing the FAFSA application. So how much of your savings do the colleges expect under the expected family contribution? While this is a little bit difficult to know with any exactitude, I think a rough number is 5%. And before you say, well, 5% doesn't sound too bad, that's 5% for every year your child is in college. 5% is if your child takes the average number of years to graduate, which is in 2018 is six years, that's 30% of your savings that will be eaten up. If you are a person who 
is in their early 50s and you have worked since your 20s or maybe even since your teens to amass money in order to put your child through college, to buy a house, to have a have a car, this is a significant amount of your savings that the colleges are going to view as your reasonable part of the contribution. You will have to decide whether or not you think that is reasonable yourself. I think it's really important that people not impoverish themselves in order to send their children to college. And we're going to talk on this podcast as we move forward about college alternatives and less expensive ways of getting an education. But for today, we're just talking about the FAFSA, how the FAFSA works, what the expected family contribution is, and what are some of the risks of even getting into the student loan morass. One of the things, too, that will sadly work against your student if they're going to complete the FAFSA is that the colleges are going to also attempt to capture any money that the, that the students have saved. So if your student has taken a gap year and they've lived at home and they've worked hard and they have you know, $15,000 saved or $10,000 saved, the colleges are going to try and capture a large portion of that amount of money to reduce any financial aid that the college may offer your student, which is kind of shameful if you think about it because they're taking the person who has acted most responsibly versus the person who maybe was either didn't work at all directly out of high school or the person who did work but didn't amass any savings. And the saver is being punished by the financial aid office. And so just keep that in mind when you're looking at how the financial aid is being dealt out and This is something to speak with about the financial aid officer because they have tremendous discretion in how the funds, the college's financial aid is allocated. And if you think your child is going to be at a disadvantage because they worked hard and they saved their money instead of being a spendthrift and spending a year on the beach between high school and college, I think you need to raise that with the financial aid officer. While we're talking today about the FAFSA and the expected family contribution, I want to say something about the type of loans that are called Parent PLUS loans, P-L-U-S, Parent PLUS loans. used to refer to parent loans for undergraduate students, but now they can be made to graduate students. But in any case, when you get your financial aid letter from the college, they were going to give you a bottom line amount of how much money they expect you to contribute to your child's education and expected family uh, contribution that you owe $2,500. But as you look through the package, you will see that there are loan documents under there. And in the, under the loan documents, you're expected to take out several thousand dollars of loans under the Parent PLUS loans. Aside from the fact that these loans are very expensive loans, having a 7% interest rate now here in 2018 and I think a 4 point, now it's a 2% origination rate, I believe, they, um, if you can't afford to have savings and you can't afford to start repaying that loan while your child is in college, then you can't afford that loan. And you should never sign that loan document. These things are very high risk. 
and I'm going to talk more about them as I talk about particular types of loans in future episodes, but I want to talk about that right now because this is all part of this whole sort of FAFSA milieu, this sort of world that has normalized debt and has normalized students going into debt and their parents going into debt and all of these pretty outrageous amounts are tossed around by people in a very cavalier manner. So I want to make you aware of some of the things that you're likely to be looking at and some of the consequences of completing the FAFSA. Okay, to recap, today's episode has been about the FAFSA. And as we talked about it, the most important step when looking about financing your child's education is you understanding your own and your child's financial circumstance. It's not completing the, fin the financial aid application. It is first you determine how much money that you have to apply to your child's education. And as I say, if the, if the answer that you come up with is zero and you can find no savings, through, and you cannot take on an additional job and you have no, uh, no savings to do that, then it makes zero sense for you to take out a loan. In fact, I'm going to say that it always makes zero sense for you as a parent to take out a loan to fund your child's education. So that's the main takeaway from today's episode. Please sign up for our email list. Please email me with questions or comments that you have about the FAFSA process or other things that you're curious about, about student loans. I would love to address your particular issues and concerns in future episodes. You can reach us at the fit.institute. You can sign up for us on iTunes or Stitcher. And please stay in touch, and I'll be in touch with more information about student loans in upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in.